Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christian. Over there to my actual left is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? That's right, Chris. We got the actual left today. We are back on the campus of Springfield College, actually living together for the first time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And, um... Yeah, we're going to have a lot of actual lefts and actual rights uh, in the next few months. Yeah, we are back at school where the show originated. Um, hopefully no early uh, hopefully no early uh, exits this uh, semester, like, like uh, first semester of last year. But, but uh, yeah, we are, uh, we are officially back together. For the show, for the show recordings, no more Zoom for a little while, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a good thing. But we got some baseball to talk about. First of all, you know, for the first time in over two years, we're having a Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, it's uh, it feels weird because I mean I remember we were freshmen when when yeah. Derek Jeter and. Larry Walker were inducted, and now we are just starting our junior year, and they're finally about to actually go in. Right, yeah, and, yeah, we were like, uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, freshman year, it was, you know, the pandemic wasn't even a thought, Mm -hmm. and yeah, here we are, finally somewhat out of it, and, yeah, we're finally seeing Jeter and Walker, and, and, um, Ted Simmons and the family of Marvin Miller. And the family of Marvin Miller uh, back in going into uh, Cooperstown. So, I mean, I, where, where do we start? Where do we start here? I feel like we should just have like a Marvin Miller appreciation segment because I think not a lot of people understand how much he meant to the history of the game. Right. Like, right. if you were to have like a Mount Rushmore of like most influential people in the history of baseball, like Jackie Robinson's number one. Um, trying to think. I don't know who else would be there, but like Marvin Miller has a case. I don't. I wouldn't know if he's on there, but he has a case. Yeah, yeah. If you do, yeah, Mount Rushmore of like. If you did a Mount Rushmore of non-players, he's probably number one. Correct. It's like he and Branch Rickey. Yeah, because we're talking about we're talking about the the CBA this mm-hmm. this upcoming year and players getting, you know, player play, and especially uh, in twenty twenty when the uh, shortened season was coming up and they were talking about how they were going to pay players, a lot of the reason the players are able to get what they're getting today and are able to um, advance in the next CBA is because of Marvin Miller. Yeah. Marvin Miller, I'm pretty sure, is the reason that free agency for players exists, like, in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's... If if not for that, I, I think guys are just not getting... or would just not be getting what they deserve really because it, i think it was just like year by year contracts yep is what they got there was not a lot of guaranteed money uh floating around yeah most of most transactions were done via trade right right you know anytime a or, guy you know i mean think about it when we did the history series and we had guys 
you know, that were like that played in the pre Marvin Miller era. Anytime they switched teams, it was like they were traded to this team for whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Or or they just stayed with the same team for seventeen years. Yeah. And then that was that. Um, yeah. It. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, see when. When did Marvin Mil- when when did he really start making uh making changes in Major League? Baseball? I think it was like the sixties. Um, Marvin Miller baseball. Uh, yeah, you know he's for reference. He's obviously one of the people of one of the biggest influences of the uh, of the Players Association. Um, he was he served as the executive director of the Major League Baseball Players Association from 1966 through uh, 1982. Uh, transform. So this is from the MLBplayers.com. Transforming the association first into a bona fide labor union, then gradually into one of the strongest collective bargaining units in the United States. Um, and I believe when when uh, people talk about like player unions, they always bring up MLB as like the best one. Mm-hmm. And it's because of someone like Marvin Miller. It is a damn shame that he uh, is going in posthumously because really he should have gone in the second he was eligible. Um, I don't know exactly when that was, but I know he passed in 2012, and I know he had multiple go-arounds on the Veterans Era Committee before he eventually got in. Yeah, it, it yeah, some t- and he barely got in, uh, this past time, I think it was like, I think it was 12, he got like 12 out of 16 votes. Yeah, Jesus. Very weird, that committee is mostly made up of players. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's who it was. Maybe, like, John Sherholtz was one of the one, one of the people that was like, nah. Right. <laughs> this guy made my job way too much harder. <laughs> yeah. Um, more from the Players Association. In 1968, Miller led a committee of players that negotiated the first collective bargaining agreement in the history of professional sports. The agreement raised the minimum salary in baseball from $6,000 uh, at the level... Uh, which it had been stuck for two decades to ten thousand dollars to set the tone for future advances. Um, and if I scroll down, there's probably and yeah, he was uh, he was one of the people who led strikes in 1972. There's a short like there's a short like week long strike in 1972, mm-hmm. and then there was like a two month one. <laughs> I wonder why it was only a, only a week. Yeah, I bet he got things done quickly. Yeah, and then 1981 was a uh, was a longer one, but but it still, it was to, only like two months, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and it they were still able to play a World Series. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, like that that progressed that progressed players, you know, whether whether it was easy or not, you know, it got the most uh, whether it had strikes or not. I mean, it progressed the players uh, to what they can get today. Marvin Miller was a guy who got things done. Like, I think that's just the best, most simple way of putting it. Yeah, one of the... Yeah, definitely, and you mentioned it, like, he's... You could argue... You could definitely make the case he was the best out of his job. To, the best to do his job out of the four people going on stage on uh, on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, he is... He is, like, an all, the all-timer of, of people that did his job in baseball history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess... Uh, I think we should bring up Derek Jeter. You know, ninety-nine point seven percent of the vote. He's going to be going in. He's he's going to have his uh, his face in the same room as gentlemen like Barry Larkin, 
Luke Appling, you know, just guys, Harold Baines, guys with just like around seventy B War, seventy F War. Yeah. Uh, you know, just legends, legends of the game. Absolutely. It's gonna be great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be getting enough love at Cooperstown. I I cannot wait for that stupid documentary to be over. Yeah. That's, that's gonna be insufferable next year. Oh yeah, that's 2022, right? Yeah, the, the captain. That's what it's it's what's gonna be called. It's gonna be so boring. <laughs> I know. I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to see the parts with like A Rod. I'd say that. Like, if there's some behind the scenes about the beef that he and A Rod had. Right. Like that would be entertaining. Oh yeah, and also th- I think um, I think on Twitter there was a there's a viral tweet that was asking like, what athlete would you want? Uh, to have like a, a Michael Jordan like um, thing, and out of baseball, I would say A Rod. Out of baseball, or Barry I, Bonds. I would want one of the steroid guys. Yes, because they actually have an interesting story. There's very few. I mean, I, I hate that we're going off the, on this tangent with Derek Jeter, but like, there's very few like reports about uh, the players' perspective of, of what steroids did. Like, I know that MLB would love to just forget that that ever happened. In, right. You know, thirty years later, but. You know, it saved the game of baseball, and it brought in a completely new generation of fans that otherwise would have never, would have never existed. So, like, I would love to hear from anybody—from McGuire, from Sosa, from Brady Anderson—to talk about his 1996 season, yeah. from A Rod, from Barry Bonds, anybody. Yeah, and and players that like, and even like players that uh, kind of got wiped out in yeah. the '90s because they didn't, they didn't use uh, performance-enhancing drugs and. And all that. I feel like if it's ever going to happen, the time we're going to get it is when the last of the steroid people are eligible for the Hall of Fame. Right. Which might be a while because A-Rod and Ortiz, I mean, Ortiz is, he never actually tested positive. He was in the Mitchell Report, which was, I don't, I don't even think that was a test. I think that was like a survey. Yeah. Yeah. So, but either way, you know, he's going to have steroid allegations linked to him. As, you know, just like Barry Bonds, just all it is is allegations linked to him. Right. Um, but, you know, they're, but A-Rod, obviously, you know, we know he did steroids. That's not even, there's no debate to be had. Yeah. There's no questionable. Had a 162-game suspension. Yeah. It was supposed to be a 211-game suspension. Yeah. 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 There's no, you know, like, I think once once there's nothing to lose anymore, then we're going to start hearing about how it made guys feel. Like, I don't know, what if Mark McGuire came out and was like, yeah, like, I, I literally felt like I was 18 again, and I was actually 35. Yeah, and they didn't even go that, that in-depth with it. Like, that's what Long Gone Summer should have been, mm-hmm. but it never, it wasn't really like that. I'd say the closest we got to that was Screwball. Yep. Like, because you had, like, Tony Bosch talking about how Manny Ramirez, like, felt amazing, mm-hmm. and A-Rod came to his door being like, I want what Manny has. Yeah, and that's, but that's like... That's, 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 that's a, from someone else, yeah. That's a fraction of what is that's from actually a, out there. That's from a guy who was already denounced as a fake doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah, and went to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite part of that, he went to jail, came out, and then was like, all right, let's do this documentary. Yeah. Like, he spent like four years or something in prison. Yeah. Spent a long time there. He's just in his head like, all right, let me get my facts straight for this documentary. Yeah. Um, if you if you haven't watched it, go watch uh, Screwball on Netflix. Really yeah, it's good. A, it's a, it's a quality quality watch. You won't you won't regret it. Yeah. So Derek Jeter. Yeah. Well, like you know, that's that's how that's how exhausted I am from Derek Jeter. I'll just talk. I'll, we can just go off tangents on other other people. 
when talking about him. Yeah. But, you know, everyone everyone loves him. And if you want to see all the Derek Jeter praise, watch MLB Network, ESPN, all those, all those places because they are uh, very, very fascinated with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Walker, uh, he's, you know, you were very adamant about his case. Uh, he got in on his 10th ballot. And uh, someone who definitely one of the more underrated Hall of Famers. Uh, a career slash line of 313, 400, 565, 965. Like, there, there's one thing that's been, get, been getting a lot of play, praise lately is players that who can, in a single season, achieve a 300, 400, 500 slash line. Larry Walker did that for his career. Yeah. Yeah, he did that. And uh, even park adjusted wise, he is still with the greats. As you mentioned, his career OPS plus was the exact same as Chipper Jones. And uh, yeah, like that's a, that's a park adjusted statistic. So it accounts for the Coors field. And um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun. I, I wonder, I wonder if uh, Fergie Jenkins is going to be there uh, seeing another Canadian. Yeah. Uh, this, the second Canadian hall of famer. Um, Fergie Jenkins, by the way, great follow on social media. He he's, is. He he's just so positive. He just he, he you can just tell like he just loves the game. He just loves being around. He loves the career that he had. Uh, one of the best, like strikeout plus walk guys ever. Yep. Yeah. Strikeout to walk ratio yeah. guys. Um, comparative to his era, of course. Um, yeah. He. Yeah. You gotta love Fergie Jenkins, and I I, I hope he'll uh, be there for the um for the second second canadian player to be inducted i think it's been i think jenkins got inducted in like 1990 or 1991 so this is going to be yeah 30 30 years coming mm-hmm. um so that'll be cool uh all right uh by the way just a note on larry walker he is one of 20 players of all time to, uh, with at least 6,000 career plate appearances to have a 300 400 500 career slash line yeah, and I bet, I bet the company is insane. It's, it's like <laughs> Do Babe me, Ruth, Ted Williams. You want me to just read off everyone? All yeah, of, go, all go ahead. Babe Ruth, Manny Ramirez, Jimmy Fox, Frank Thomas, Ted Williams, Mel Ott, Lou Gehrig, Stan Musial, Chipper Jones, the aforementioned Larry Walker, Todd Helton, who should also be in, Hank Greenberg, Joey Votto, Edgar Martinez, Rogers Hornsby, Harry Hellman, Tris Speaker, Ty Cobb, Dan Brothers, and Ed Delahanty. Yep. Yeah, by the way, can we talk about how infuriating it's going to be when Joey Votto's up for the Hall of Fame and people just talk about his hits and home runs? Probably, yeah. It's going to be. I don't know. I would like to think that we've progressed by then because, I mean, I don't know when Votto's retiring. Uh, I I can't imagine it's this season. Yeah. But then we'd have to wait another five years. Yeah, because if he retires at 40, that's... I think 2024 and then he would be he would be next eligible in 2029 so I hope in eight years we can get beyond the hits and home runs Um, I mean I would hope so because I mean you need to comprehend 12,000 or 1200 career walks that's that's a lot and then that's not even gonna be the end of it at all all I can get into is him leading the league in on base percentage seven times yeah imagine if someone had seven batting titles that would be automatic and now he's, like, having a career slugging percentage season at age 37. Right. Speaking right. Of, by the way, speaking of Canadians, like, Joey Votto. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, he'd probably be, he'd probably be the third guy. Yeah. Um, 
because I don't think uh, Ryan Dempster was able to make it in. Uh, <laughs> you don't think ju- so? Or Justin... Justin just, Morneau. Justin Morneau. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah. Um, it's always funny just finding out a guy's... Canadian, A, a yeah. guy's Canadian. <laughs> you just never never think it, it, it uh, would have happened like that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Larry Walker, definitely one of the more underrated guys to, uh, to walk mm-hmm. the stage. And... Lastly, Ted Simmons, who got in via Veterans, uh, or not vet. Yes, it was Veterans yeah, Committee. Veterans Committee, um, one of the better catchers, uh, kind of an overlooked catcher, and was able to do the job for for twenty years. Uh, let's yeah, let's get into. How about a three forty eight career OBP as a catcher? In especially especially when you played in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, the least offensive era, you know, of the live ball era, pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm gonna one, see where that. I'm gonna look at those career ranks. How what like percent of his games did he play a catcher? I need to find that out. So he played 2,456 games, and if you go to the standard fielding, okay, he played. He played, uh, 1771 at catcher. catcher so around 70 so. percent of his games were right, at catcher. Cool, cool, cool. So 9,000 career plate appearances. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Seventy percent of your games as a catcher. Yeah, you look at the. Yeah, you look at all the stats, and I mean, yeah, he he definitely was overlooked when uh, when it was just the regular committee. Um, you know, he had a one eighteen career OPS plus. I mean, that's pretty rare for a catcher. Uh, over twenty four hundred hits uh, from him as well. Uh, four hundred eighty three doubles and. You know, obviously we weren't around to see Ted Simmons play, mm-hmm. but uh, so you don't exactly know what the defense was. But uh, his def- wow. his defensive wins above replacement was five point two. Chris, can you uh, get the button out? Oh, all right. Let's let's take a look. Let's, this Hall- is an only player. <laughs> Hall of Famer to be Ted Simmons is the only player in baseball history. I should say the only catcher in baseball history to have nine thousand plus plate appearances. 70% of his games played as a catcher and a 345 or higher on base percentage. How about that? Look at that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Gotta love seeing one of those lists on, on Stathead. Yeah, gotta love seeing that. Gotta love a, a single column Stathead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so satisfying. Let's go. Um, but yeah, Ted Simmons. Uh, he'll be walking. I, I did see an article. I, I passed over. Unfortunately, I, a lot of the times I just read headlines. But apparently, he's a very good um, orator, and he he makes good uh, he makes good on speeches. But huh. yeah, let's look let's look that up. Ted Simmons. <coughs> Ted Simmons, um, speech. I don't know if it's in the news. Well, I guess we'll see it on Wednesday. Uh, oh, MLB.com, Simmons's Hall of Fame speech, long time in the making, uh, from MLB.com. So maybe it's not... Well, sure. I mean, he's... This is from John Morosi. We'll, we can read a couple, uh, yeah. couple stanzas. I have another stat that I'm looking at for Ted Simmons. Once a Hall of Fame inductee beats the extraordinary odds to earn a place in Cooperstown, the next daunting task awaits, the speech. For Ted Simmons, Wednesday's induction ceremony would appear to present a unique challenge and not because of any uh reticence i believe is the word to speak before a large crowd 
On the contrary, Simmons is one of the most eloquent and detailed orators in recent baseball memory. Um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are the four guys that are heading yeah. in. We learned a lot about Ted Simmons. We did. Uh, Ted Simmons, here. very much deserving. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Glad, Espe- glad he made it in. Yeah, especially, like, you know, catcher is not a position where you necessarily have to get uh, a lot more wins above replacement because it's it's just hard it's just a hard position to get a lot of wins above replacement mm-hmm. in. So yeah, he definitely uh I'm very excited for the uh for the today's game era committee election next year cuz I feel like we can do a really good breakdown of that where no yeah. one else would be able to, or not a lot of other people would be able to do so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there there's definitely um there's definitely going to be some names. Um that's in uh, 2022, right? It's crazy how, like, those elections never get any coverage. Like, no one really cares. Like, the BBWA election gets covered for two months leading up to that big moment. The The other ones are like, yeah, by the way, we're electing some people to the Hall of Fame tonight. Yeah. Like, you can, you know, you can stop by if you want. You can tune in. It'll be on MLB Network. Yeah, there's going to be a couple extra guys walking yeah. on that stage. Like, they'll get the same treatment as, like, the guys that go in in two months. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can check out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They have the same same length of speech you yeah know. you'll be like who is this guy yeah. and you'll be like, and then he'll say i am harold baines yeah and exactly then, and then that is uh that's what it is mm-hmm. but yeah there there are there those committees are there for for good reason but sometimes sometimes it's just not very good um all right uh so in other news in current baseball news outside of the Outside of the Hall of Fame inductions that are going to be happening on Wednesday, uh, the American League Wild Card race. There's four games within the spot. The Yankees are only a half game up on the Red Sox for the home uh, field advantage for that Wild Card game, so it's heating up. So, like, I mean, what should we get into? What? Who has? Let's start off. Who do you think has the best chance out of the out? Outside the wild cards, uh, outside of the wild card playoff picture as it is now, to steal a spot in that wild card race. I mean, I have to say Toronto. I mean, that's just pretty, you know, generalized. You know, they've been putting together a really nice rotation this year with Ryu, Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, left lefty power, and then also Alec Manoa, uh, who's been struggling as of late, but as a rookie this year, that's a guy who should be getting rookie of the year votes. You know, he's in their rotation, and yep. then, you know, that's that's been. I think one of the biggest general improvements in baseball has been the Blue Jays' rotation. Right, yeah. I, I was not optimistic about them heading mm-hmm. into the season. but you know, like We all know about their offense. That's no secret. The bullpen is, has regressed a bit from last year. You know, mm-hmm. A lot of guys definitely did benefit from that 60-game season. You know, Jordan Romano, Rafael Dolis, they had great 2020s. And Romano has still been pretty good this year, but uh, hasn't exactly uh, been the same yeah. this year. And Dolly's same thing. And like, let's not forget, this is a team that lost Kirby Yates like very early in the season due to Tommy John surgery. Right. Like they've like this bullpen has had some adversity. So and uh, Merriweather and Julian Merriweather. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was. That guy could be their closer right now. Yeah. Very well. Very well. Could be. They could be in a, in a little bit of a different situation if they had uh, those two guys back in their bullpen. Um, but yeah, they've uh, they've been kind of. Hovering around that wild card spot, and I, I would agree with Toronto in that they have the best shot. Um, currently, Seattle is three out. Toronto and Oakland are four out. Uh, you gotta hate the momentum that the A's are having right now. Yeah. 
Um, they just they just haven't really been right since the Chris Bassett injury. I don't know if it's entirely because of that, you know, or just bad timing in which in which that happened. But yeah, you don't you don't like to see the uh, A's momentum right now. Seattle's momentum is pretty good, but you, I don't know about the depth of that of that uh, roster. Like I think Toronto just has is just more meant for um, playoff mm-hmm. baseball and like yeah. September baseball. Uh, the Mariners did just extend Scott Service and um, Jerry Depoto and Jerry Depoto, which I like those moves. I think you know Scott Service made me eat my words uh, earlier this year. Yeah, uh, I was have. I was wrong about that. One hundred ten percent, I will admit that. And uh, you know what? They're keeping their guy around, so I, I definitely think that's the right move. Right, right. But um, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Service has done a, a decent job. Jerry Depoto's uh, interesting. He's been with the Mariners for seven years. He does get praised a lot, and he he should, he should get praised for this uh, farm system he's built because that's isn't that ranked like top like three in all of oh, baseball? Oh yeah, it's definitely top three. Um, yeah, the so, Mariners. The Mariners twenty twenty one will not be their peak. Yeah, in this run. But so, uh, but if they for some reason are unable to make the playoffs in like the next three years, then like they sh- those guys shouldn't be in. But yeah, obviously, I think their contracts don't even extend beyond that. Mm-hmm. That's the way like manager and uh, general. You don't sign contracts. managers to lifetime deals. Yeah, you don't. It's just not a good move. <laughs> um, so yeah, the yeah the Mariners are interesting, but. Um, I, they, they just don't look like a playoff type roster. The Blue Jays fit that, um, mantra a little more, yeah. but what, what I, th- I think the Blue Jays have the best chance of doing damage in the playoffs, not just getting there. Right. Especially with that lineup. Uh-huh. With, and if you have a healthy Springer, that's going to make some changes. Yeah. Like that well. team, that's a team that you could look at out of the wildcard game and say, Hey, this team could give that number one seed a run for their money. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. That's like the same vibe we got from the 2019 Nationals. You know, they won that wild card game, and, you know, a lot of people were running them off because they were facing the Dodgers, but it was like, hey, like, this team could do it. Yeah. Like, that's the that's the sense that I feel like we could get from the Blue Jays coming out of a wild card game. Right, because, you know, you got Ray, Barrios, Ryu, and then you have a very, very good lineup Yeah. Uh, to, to go with that. So that could be somewhat dangerous in a, um, in a five-game series. Uh, I mean, any anything can be a, a little dangerous in a five-game series, but especially Toronto. What percentage chance would you say that the um, that the Red Sox or Yankees get taken over in that wild card spot? I would say like thirty percent. Thirty percent. I don't think it's super high, but I wouldn't count it out. Yeah, I the way the, the Red, Red Sox are, you know, they're overcoming a lot right now. They have eleven guys on the COVID list. The Yankees just lost a series to Baltimore. So they're both not in the greatest of shapes, but mm-hmm. you know there's still a lot of season left, and I still think that they can hit their strides in the next month. But right. I definitely wouldn't count out a team like Toronto or even Seattle or maybe even Oakland uh, taking over. Uh, actually, let me look at that. Seattle. Like might have a better shot at the division than the wild card if you really think about it. Uh, right, because they're three and a half out in four the, and a half. Uh, four and a half out in the division, uh, and, and there's three out in the wild not card. as many teams in the way. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at strength of schedule here. No, nothing popping out too much. I'd say, I'd say there's like a 20% chance of Red Sox or Yankees being taken over. Um, cause yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Red Sox, the Red Sox have been encouraging lately in terms of they have a, they have a 
you know, a very, very depleted roster, but they were able to salvage that split against Tampa Bay and, um, you know, win a series against Cleveland. You know, it's it's not a great team, but they were able to uh, win, it, win a decent series there. So I'm pretty encouraged by the Red Sox and Yankees uh, able to do it. But, you know, there's definitely an outside chance um, with the Blue Jays or even like, like Mariners, maybe not the A's, but... Uh, you never know. You never know with the A's. Like like we said earlier, they just kind of stick around a lot. Um, all right. <clears throat> do we want to get into a player to highlight? Let's do it. All right. So now for our Monday, uh, Monday September sixth, twenty twenty one edition of. How about that? So who do you got for us today? Uh, today I am talking about a guy from a team that we didn't do for a while, and now we've done multiple players on that team, Jonathan VR, ah. who signed a one-year deal, one of the better one-year deals uh, in recent memory from what he's done this season. Since August 21st, he is slashing 440, 491, 740 for a 1231 OPS. He is top five in the entire quadruple slash line over that timeline, and his 515 Woba and 231 Weighted Runs Created Plus both lead the majors. This year as a whole, he has career highs in slugging percentage, Woba, Weighted Runs Created Plus, expected batting average, expected slugging, expected Woba, and most importantly, in meatball swing percentage. Yes. <laughs> his barrel rate has gone up 7.4% from where it was last year. That is the fifth highest increase in Major League Baseball. And going back to the stretch in particular, his strikeout rate before August 21st was 25.3, and since August 21st, it is 18.2%. It's gone down 7% during the stretch. He's putting the ball in play a lot more. And it's interesting because during this stretch where he's hitting 440 with a 1231 OPS, his average exit velocity is only 87 miles an hour, which is not that high for someone that's hitting that well. Uh, but he still has the sixth best expected batting average among the 142 batters who have seen at least 200 pitches in that time span. So he's putting the ball in the right place. He's driving the ball when he needs to. And that has been the keys behind Jonathan VR's success lately. Yeah, Jonathan VR. How about that? Um, yeah, second Met uh, after, yeah, they were the last team to yeah. get a how about that. Uh, my how about that? Is, uh, you know, I, I love to do it, I hate to do it, but it's another ARR comeback special. It's a it's another one of your slightly alarmings <laughs> from from previous uh, previous months. Uh, Matt Chapman, he's kind of turned it around. In his last 22 games, he is hitting at 288 with an 1135 OPS. In this span, he ranks third in slugging, third in OPS, and second in home runs with 10. Uh, and before the span, his barrel rate was 11.0%, and in this span, his barrel rate is 27.7%. Uh, and also in this span, out of 296 hitters with 25-plus batted balls, his barrel barrel rate is the highest. So Matt Chapman, you know, getting that, uh, getting those barrels, getting that launch angle up, getting hitting hard hit fly balls, and getting a... And an ARR comeback special. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. Put suckers in fear. Um, so now we go from the highs to those highlighting players or subjects that have been underperforming 
Now for our Monday, September 6, 2021 edition of... Slightly Alarming. Who do you got for us? We have the second straight show where your How About That and My Slightly Alarming are on the same team. Ah. Because let's not forget what position the A's are in right now. They've struggled yeah. lately. They just got swept by Toronto. And a big culprit of their failures recently has been Lou Trevino. Yep. Who has been mightily struggling. Uh, he has given up a run in each of his last five appearances. And in that time... He has pitched three and two-thirds innings with 13 earned runs against. That is an ERA <laughs> of 31.91. Oh, my God. A 31.91 ERA. And among the 526 pitchers who have thrown at least one pitch <laughs> since in this time frame, Trevino's 31.91 ERA ranks seventh worst. <laughs> that's with, that's that's right with people that have thrown, like, a third of an inning and given up, like, two runs. Yep. <laughs> That's that's what that's what he's there with. So, uh, in in for context, no one else in the bottom sixteen in ERA has appeared in more than three games, and he's appeared in five games in that span. So, uh, he has been consistently bad every single time, and like historically bad. Yeah. In this time, Trevino has allowed twelve. He has allowed five walks, two home runs, and hit three batters. It is the first five-game stretch. In Major League history, where a pitcher has thrown less than four innings, allowed 13-plus earned runs, and hit at least three batters. Wow. So, Lou Trevino. Slightly alarming. And, you know, some people may say that, like, this is a small sample size, and I can't really be pondering this much, but it's a small sample size because Lou Trevino made it as such. Yeah. He's only made it out of the inning he started once in the last five games. Yeah, it's it's four innings because he's not completing innings. It's let's not forget it's five appearances and three and two thirds innings pitched. Right, yeah, it's not ideal for especially what they hoped was his closer. Um, so my slightly alarming. It's this is this hasn't happened before. I'm doing a subject and your slightly alarming is part of my subject. Nice. Uh, I'm talking about A's pitching and it's almost uh it's almost a fro zone. But I did A's starter, A's, A's starting pitching, uh, like the second episode of the year. But this is A's pitching as a whole, so it is not a froze zone. Uh, although, I, I mean, maybe the starters can go in the froze zone, but it's not exactly a froze zone. Um, and yeah, my, my uh, how about that and slightly alarming coming from the same team. So the A's pitching in their last 20 games, their team ERA is 5.70, which is third worst in Major League Baseball. And in this span, their starter ERA is 5.64, which is 25th in Major League Baseball. And their bullpen ERA is 5.79, which is worst in Major League Baseball. This is a team that, uh, you know, prides themselves on uh, what relievers they have, but in their last 20 games, worst reliever ERA in baseball. Also in their last 20 games, they've allowed the most home runs in baseball with 41 in 20 games. With these, with the team with the second home, second most home runs allowed, having only 35 home runs allowed, so there's six ahead, uh, and they have also allowed 2.2 home runs per nine, which is the highest rate in baseball. Also, their home runs per nine is more than double uh, in this span than it was before this span. Uh, along with that, in this span, they have the most blown saves in baseball with seven. Kind of makes sense given they have the worst reliever ERA. And to break down individually, Sean Manaya, 6.86 ERA, 7.02 FIP, and 3.4, 3.4 home runs per nine in 21 innings in this span. 
Uh, James Caprillion, 7.07 ERA, 8.17 FIP, and 3.9 home runs per nine in 14 innings pitched in this span. Cole Irvin had a rough start yesterday. He's got a 9 ERA, 8.92 FIP, and 3.4 home runs per nine in 16 innings in this 20-game span from the A's. Uh, and out of the bullpen, Sergio Romo, 5.87 ERA, 5.77 FIP, and two home runs allowed in seven and two-thirds innings pitch. And Lou, the aforementioned Lou Trevino, um, you know, obviously the span is worse when you isolate it a little more, but in in this 20-game span by the A's, in six and two-thirds innings pitched, he has allowed 13 earned runs, walked six batters while striking out just five. So uh, the A's pitching staff, a large part of the, a large, uh, a large reason that they are crawling out of the wild card race and they're getting a slightly alarming um all right so uh now we uh now it's time for a preview of the week ahead we have a lot of day games today uh so a lot of the games we're going to be talking about are ongoing as it's being released but uh a preview of the week ahead series to watch uh, haven't really looked much at it. I mean, also, so for an AL West race and just baseball-wise, the Astros. Whenever the Astros and Mariners have played this year, it seems to be a very good matchup. So I would keep an eye out on them, uh, Astros and Mar- Mariners. I don't know how many games. Three. They will be playing three games. So that should be a good matchup. Um, Keep an eye out for that because if the if the Mariners find a way to sweep, then they are one and a half out in the American League uh, West. So that should be interesting. And then, uh, you know, a wild card. Uh, or actually, and then uh, I would say watch uh, Red Sox Rays. Red Sox are at home, maybe getting some uh, players back from the COVID IL. I, I'm, I would assume Kike Hernandez is coming back soon and maybe Christian Arroyo. So. Uh, maybe they'll they'll be back for some of the Rays series. Uh, that should be what a three game series. It is. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a three game series. Uh, and yeah, today, yeah, today got a good pitching matchup. Tuesday, uh, Erod versus Drew Rasmussen, and Wednesday we have TBD versus Shane McKel- uh, Shane McClanahan. So, yeah, that's all I have for series to watch. So, uh, what do you got for the day-by-day matchups? So, tonight we have a pretty good matchup in the Bronx. Hunchin Ryu going against Jamison Tyon. You have Ryan Yarbrough versus Chris Sale in a Red Sox Rays, like you mentioned. pair of lefties going up against each other. You have uh, Sonny Gray facing Justin Steele at Wrigley in Reds-Cubs. Justin Steele, very underrated for the Cubs. Also, in Giants-Rockies at Coors, Kevin Gosman versus Kyle Freeland. Freeland has been much better lately. Also, you have Max Serger going in St. Louis tonight for the Dodgers against the Cardinals. You have Bailey Ober, who's been pitching a lot better lately, going for the Twins against the Guardians. That should be an interesting one. You have Yusei Kikuchi versus Lance McCullers Jr. going against each other in Mariners-Astros in Houston. Match of the night comes from... Brewers and Phillies in Milwaukee. Zach Wheeler versus Brandon Woodruff. That's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. Uh, two of the best pitchers in the National League, no doubt. So then on Tuesday, you have uh, Aaron Savale going for the Guardians against the Twins. You have Drew Rasmussen going for the Rays against Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox. You have 
Uh, Steven Matz and Garrett Cole going against each other. That is a good one. Probably matchup of the night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's definitely matchup of the night. I, I did not mean to say it there. It kind of just <laughs> came out. Steven Matz versus Garrett Cole in matchup of the night. Blue Jays-Yankees on Tuesday. Max Fried will be going for the Braves against the Nationals. Wade Miley will be going for the Reds against the Cubs. Aaron Nola will be going for the Phillies against the Brewers. You have Logan Gilbert and Jake Odorizzi going against each other in Mariners-Astros. Logan Webb going for the Giants in Giants-Rockies. You have James Caprillion going for the A's against the White Sox. And Blake Snell going for the Padres against the Angels. Once again, match of the night comes from uh, Blue Jays-Yankees, Stephen Cole. So then on Wednesday, you have Shane McClanahan going for the Rays, as Chris mentioned. You have... Tyler Anderson versus Jose Urquidy and Mariners-Astros. You have Anthony DiSclefani going for the Giants against the Rockies. You have Tristan McKenzie going for the Guardians against the Twins. You have Sandy Alcantara going for the Marlins against the Mets. You have Alec Manoa going for the Blue Jays against the Yankees. You have Adam Wainwright going for the uh, Cardinals against the Dodgers. You Darvish going against the Angels for the Padres. Dallas Keuchel versus Frankie Montas. Matchup of the night once again comes from Phillies Brewers. Kyle Gibson versus Freddie Peralta. Yeah, the, uh, Kyle Gibson actually has not regressed as much as I would have thought. He's been, uh, he's been all right with the Phillies, but uh, I don't know. The Phillies have been like a roller coaster ride as they always are. Um, all right, well, that does it for uh, the first above replacement radio uh, from Springfield since uh, since May. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good sign. All right. So we hope you enjoyed this one. If you're listening, or, yeah, that doesn't matter. If you if you want to follow us on social <laughs> media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on Thursday, uh, hopefully from different recording equipment. Uh, where we're talking to all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Once again, see you then. This conversation. This conversation. Is over. Is over.